Whoa. See? Told you, man. Told you. Told me nothing, man. I told you there was going to be badass waves today. Bro, I'm not talking about the waves. I'm talking about the babes. <laughs> you seriously need to pull the dick out of your head. Man, you're being totally untubular. Untubular. Okay, yeah, because this is totally what? 1980s? <laughs> We're in the 2020s, bro. Whatever, bro. I'm gonna fucking go surf. Last one in is a rotten egg, bro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Quit fucking around, man. My leg is stuck. Oh, 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 Jesus, oh, what the fuck? Oh, Jesus Christ, he just snapped off his leg. Tommy! Tommy, no! Police are taking her out my leg! Bubba Dumman, hey, where's everybody going? We'll lose a perfectly good sandwich like this laying around. You gonna eat this? Don't mind if I do, huh? <laughs> What's that? Jesus! As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality. A veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side. Beyond the void. And welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 329. And today, we're going back to the beach. <laughs> and we're going to try anyway. We're, were we there before? We're going to try to make it there. And then if we get there, we're going to try oh, to make it off. Okay. Because it's, to, a bl- it's a bloody beach. <laughs> yeah. This, this week, we have some movies that involve the sand and the beach and all the fun things that you love in the summer. Turn to hell. That's right. So we got Blood Beach from 1980 and The Sand from 2015. Both movies seem to be very similar to one another in some in a lot of ways. And there's there's such a big gap of time in between the two right. as well. Yeah, but you know, I mean, somebody probably saw when they were a kid or something like that and wanted to write a story around it or something like that. Or just like minds, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they just forgot about it and then, you know, 
This right. is a Blood Beach was a big movie in my dad's library of beta and VHS because mm-hmm. my dad was like really good friends with the video store guy. <laughs> of course. So, so we used to get like a lot of the like he would go up there and talk for hours mm-hmm. with this guy and do business with him and then bring him business, etc. Like they would help each other out because uh, my dad was a videographer. Mm-hmm. So he would do like weddings and event photography. Like documentary. Yeah. So if somebody was asking and wanted something like that, he was like right there to help him out. Mm-hmm. And then same with my dad, you know, anybody would come to the store. But we used to buy movies up there for like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> $50, Christina. Think about that now. You know, we bitch and whine about 30 right now. Yep. <laughs> Should be cheaper. And they were like 80 to $200 when mm-hmm. they first came out. Mm-hmm. Because their idea of selling movies back then was just, hey, let's uh, let's sell these video stores a copy for two hundred bucks. They'll make their money back. I've talked about it before, but it's just interesting, right? The, the dichotomy between now and then, and the dichotomy between these two movies in some ways, because obviously we're dealing with the same situation at the beach, eating people. We're not a hundred percent sure why. Could it be creatures? Could it be some sort of space alien? Yeah. Could it be some sea creature? Like what is it? <laughs> Could it be some hungry bitch on the fucking beach? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, we're really excited to talk about this. We got another week of like, you know, hot weather movies, I guess. Mm -hmm. These movies also have people being completely, yeah, eviscerated pretty much. Right. For the most part. Although Mm -hmm. one of them kind of spits them out later on. (laughs) How are you this week? What's going on with you? I'm okay. I forgot to ask you last week because I was too busy talking about myself how uh, you went to the Joe Bob Briggs Oh, yeah. Thing. How did that go? I didn't get to talk about that. Yeah, we had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, we saw The Brain and we saw Brain Damage by Frank Hanelotter. And uh, Joe Bob Briggs was like, hey, I feel like I've talked about this. But uh, anyway, it might have been with somebody else. But Joe Bob was like, hey, does uh, this movie might be about aliens. Some people don't know what The Brain is about, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like. We're just watching it. There's no reason why this thing is happening. It's just happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, and he said, but stick around afterwards and let me know what you think this movie is about. Mm-hmm. And so in the movie, The Brain, if you've seen it, there's a crazy guy in it who is like, he's like, hey, come here. As the kid goes in to get this mental therapy from this guy uh, that David Gale plays, uh, the independent thought, mm-hmm. independent thinkers. <laughs> and uh, he, he tells them that they're all space aliens or something uh-huh. from another planet. And I was like, that's got to be it. That's the only, you uh-huh. know, but the guy's crazy. So nobody believes what he says. So I think it would be ironic that he's actually right. Mm-hmm. And he knows what he's talking about because... Who would believe the crazy guy? So I told Bob that, Joe Bob. And he was like, oh, that's what you think, huh? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's it? That's I know. Every, there was Hello. one guy behind me that was like, woo, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's a pr- apropos um, reason for that brain to be there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I, I think he couldn't hear me very well because I was pretty far back. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a condensed room, you know, so it's like, oh, OK, you have to speak. I spoke really loud, but, you know, right. I, You're loud. He's also an older feller, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he needs to turn up his hearing aids. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of a little bit? Like, I don't know why in my brain, like when I was doing his voice, mm-hmm. I was thinking of Norm MacDonald. Yeah, he kind of looks like him too. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why I did that, but like my brain just automatically, hey, because mm-hmm. there's that joke that Norm MacDonald did where he was like convinced by Satan to mm-hmm. kill his family and everything like that. Oh, yeah. And he's like, at the end, he pulls his mask off. It's me, Bob. Hey. <laughs> he's like, oh. Wow, Bob. <laughs> yeah, you really got me there. <laughs> I just killed my entire family. Oh, I remember that joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like one of his biggest bits. Um, well, he's got many, but, you know, he's just one of those guys that just says things off the top of his head, whether you like him or not. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so uh, we had a good time there. Um, I got to hang out with my buds that I hadn't seen in a while. I didn't see Justin there. I think he was on the Wednesday night, and Nick didn't end up going, so it was Jordan and Nick, mm-hmm. a different Nick. Right. <laughs> the Nick that we know that works had worked with um, Lady Death uh, artist. Right. Brian. Brian. Yeah. yeah. I think he works on their, their department now. He actually storyboards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also Glenn, who I haven't seen. Yeah, they all hung out a lot back in the day. It's weird. Me and Jordan are friends, but we only hang out like once a year. Right, right. <laughs> it's so weird, you know? Like, we mm-hmm. have so much in common, too. Like, we like so many different horror things, and we joke about it. And mm-hmm. I had a really good time, and I really want to make a better effort at trying to hang out with them more. Right, you should. Because they really do like a lot of the stuff. I think what it is is that they're always doing something at their house, Right. I'm such a fucking homebody. You, yeah, you want to do shit here. I want to do shit here, yeah, naturally. It's, <laughs> it's my comfort den, you know? <laughs> little Bear Castle. <laughs> Speaking of Little Bear, he's sick. He has a cut on his back. He has like a skin infection. Yeah, dude, we went to the fucking uh, vet, the emergency vet, because I found a bump on his back and I was like, what the fuck is this? And Christina looked at it and it just looked like a dry clump of skin, like a like a layers of dry skin. Mm-hmm. And so she put on Vaseline, which we should have put an antibiotic on. Yeah, we should have. But we just forgot. We didn't yeah. think about it. I didn't think it'd get infected. I just thought it was a dry patch. Right, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. But with it, it. kind of like grew, grew. We don't talk about it. it's gross. Well, it's is we were worried about Murray, man. Yeah, you know, and poor little guy's got his back shaved right now with that spot. We got antibiotic cream, and he's taking pills on it. The lady at the fucking vet was all like, "Oh, oh I God. think it's a burn mark, some sort of." Some sort of water burned him, or possibly uh, a contaminant, or some yeah, sort of. I'm like, what and I'm the like, fuck? How? I'm like, dude, this. Do- I don't think you realize like how babied this dog is. Yeah, he is around us every second. Yeah. So how the hell? What did he? Was he cooking fucking macaroni and cheese on the stove? And burned his back. Oh, God. He was cooking. He was cooking. <laughs> was he at the laboratory down the hall where we don't know where it is in a secret laboratory mixing chemicals and he spilled <laughs> it on his back? <laughs> we always take offense too because Murray has such bad allergies. Like, I do. He's got and like they, a, they, a thing on his nose, guys. And where, they mentioned that when we brought him in and it's like, oh, right. fuck, I got to explain L- all that. Literally, when we got him as a puppy. How many, how many weeks old is he? Like ten like, weeks? He was like six weeks old. Six weeks old. Seven weeks old. Somewhere in there. Around 10 or 11 weeks, he scratched his fucking nose, like the, the top of his beak off, like a big slit. We thought the cat had done it accidentally, you know, like scratching at him. Like, Playing. Yeah. Like, and then we realized it was him. We didn't even know the first time through. And so then ever since, everybody's like, 
what's this on his nose? And we're like, God damn it. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Like, dogs have allergies, all right, people? We're not beating our animal, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go beat the shit out of us. Anyway, also last week you were on another Splattercast episode. Yeah, we got a, a episode of a movie coming up that we're going to be watching. I've mentioned it to you guys a couple of times. A very big, so bad it's good film that I absolutely love. And I think the guys over at the Splattercast enjoyed. He's going to be busy editing an entire movie, you know, which is a lot. It's pretty heavy, heavy to do. Yeah, yeah. An hour and a half. Is a lot of editing to do, so it's going to take a couple of weeks, but we should have it out by mid to, to late June. Oh, that's good. So, you know, with him working and everything, it's a little hard to do an hour and a half mm-hmm. or two hours, actually, because mm-hmm. we talk before and after. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I had a blast with those guys. I love them. I love hanging out with them, and we always end up talking way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I always feel bad because I, I just don't really hang out with anybody. So it's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, um, also, I want to let you guys know we have a sponsor for this episode of a movie that is already out. So I wanted to mention that to you. We are going to be getting some posters and we're going to be giving a couple away. So stay tuned to the social media and here on podcast and we'll explain how that's done. But for now, a word from our sponsor. Two years after escaping an attack on her family, Becky is attempting to rebuild her life. But when her home is broken into by a group called the Noblemen and they take her beloved dog Diego, she returns to her old ways to protect herself. Literally a bloody good time, says Austin Chronicle. The Wrath of Becky starring Lulu Wilson and Sean William Scott is now playing in theaters. And I got to check it out, guys. Reviews up on YouTube if you want to check it out. But yes, BTV approved. Christina, did you want to tell us about your... Little trip to the thing, uh, or do you want to wait till next week? Yes, well, I'll talk about it next week. Okay, <laughs> save it so this isn't too long of an intro. There you go. Okay, all right, guys. So what we're gonna do? Christina had a, a trip, but she just—I think she's trying to be careful about what she says. I had it, jury duty. Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. I was stuff. on trial. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't on trial. Oh no no. Well, ju- well, Somebody jury was duty. On I was trial. at a trial. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. She told me what it's about, but it's not that. You'll have to wait. So, <laughs> but I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys. So we decided to pick Blood Beach. You know, a classic is a classic is a classic. And we decided to make a beach-themed kind of thing, you know, along the lines of what we did last week since it was Florida and Louisiana. The heat is picking up. We figured, hey, we're on the beach now, and there's something that's killing everybody. So instead of a demon sunrise like we did last week, we did a blood sunrise. There you go. So, and what is in a blood sunrise, you might be asking? A lot of sand. <laughs> Yuck. You might want a cup of water while you drink. <laughs> no. We're not gonna we're not gonna kill anybody here. <laughs> we're not gonna produce glass in our bellies this week, guys. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a a blood sunrise is a pretty much the same sort of uh, drink that we made last week. Less ingredients. We kind of focused on one new ingredient, but a variation of the same ingredient from last week, and that is tampico. Tampico. 
But we used fruit punch this time. Yeah, the fruit punch tampico. Because that's what was on sale this week. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying new things just to do different stuff. And tampico is a very, it's a very summer drink. Uh-huh. So uh, what is in this Blood Sunrise? We got some, about a half a shot of tampico mixed in with about one, one quarter of cherry vodka and one quarter 99 peaches. Stir that together, and then you're going to want to spoon in the grenadine. Spoon it in. And this is how we did it last time. Remember we fucked it up? Yep. This time we got it right, and we got pictures to prove it. (laughs) So it's like a pink sunrise or something, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, four ingredients this time, not seven like we did last time. (laughs) Yeah, that was ridiculous. I don't know how many it was, but It was good, though. Yeah, it was. Okay, let's try this. We'll see if this holds up to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And yeah, this is a shot. Strong. We did it. We did a cocktail drink last week. This is good. Yeah, this was a little bit more of a shot. You can mm. taste the peach. Mm-hmm. That ninety nine really fucks you up. Hell yeah, dude! That stuff is so lethal. So good. One of the best things to do is if you ever get one of those blueberry rock stars. Uh huh. Do you know the blue can rock stars? Uh huh. Those are like blueberry. You take oh, ninety nine bananas, like one of those shots and Uh put it in a can of that and mix it together and slam the shit out of it that sounds good i miss uh red bull and vodkas that's what i used to drink all the time this is kind of like that but it tastes more fruity it's like great on the run so like if you're like so i'm gonna go to my friend's house i'm gonna drive there no you go to a party (laughs) and you just want to one be awake two get the party started you mix those two together and you're ready to go Mm -hmm. because 99 is like two shots right and then you drink that and it's the double reaction. It's like mm-hmm. riding the snake, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right, guys. So now if you want to check out a blood sunrise, all you have to do is go along with the void.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section right now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. Buckle the fuck up. Get your flippy flappies out and fucking grab your fucking swimmy trunks. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you swimmers. <laughs> you huggy swimmers. <laughs> Because it's beach time, baby. And we're going to go to Blood Beach from 1980 and... The sand from 2015. You're supposed to do it with a fucking accent. Oh. You dildo. No. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to go ahead and do that shit right now. Christina did the work on this. All right. Blood Beach said it was released January 28th, 1981. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Police are baffled when people disappear sucked into the beach by a sand creature. Oh, that's a different one than I had. Oh, yeah? Where did you make that up? No. Where did you get that I don't remember. I think I might have just got it. Can I read you mine? Sure. We'll see which one's better. Oh, my God. Something or someone is attacking people one by one on the beach. Some of them are mutilated. Most of them are sucked into the sand, disappearing without a trace. What is the creature responsible? Where does it live? And where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Oh my gosh. Did you write that? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. That was funny. I took it and then changed it at the end. Of course. (laughs) That was good. Okay. That was good.
All right, tagline. Mine's better. It is better. <laughs> but I tried to Son put on the movie voice. You did. Yeah. You did put on the movie okay. voice. Okay, the tagline. It's a nice place to visit, but you don't want to die there. Okay. That's not the one. The one is the one. There was a better tagline than that. Where did you get your where are you getting your information IMDb from? IMDB. Is it, and Google. Is it IMD bunked? <laughs> what tagline do you have? Is that a different website that's like no. IMDB? No. No, it's uh, the best tagline, which he says it in the movie, is just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. That's stupid. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Dumb. Even John Saxton says that shit in the movie and looks at the guy to the right of him to like get an approval. <laughs> so they put it on the poster. Yeah, I fucking love that. <laughs> that makes this movie like two two notches better than it was when we watched it. Oh, okay. Just saying. Okay. Uh, this this was this was written and directed by Jeffrey Bloom. He did Veronica Clare from ninety one, Dog Pound Shuttle, Shuffle, Shuffle from nineteen seventy nine, and. <gasps> Flower made for TV movie Flowers in the Attic from 1987. I love that book. It's that and Mommy Dearest. That's her favorite. The movie's okay, but right, but she likes the, book, the story. I love that story. It's a great story. It's a great Mother's Day yeah. story. We should have watched it for Mother's Day. Anyway, okay. Uh, also uh, written the story is by Stephen Nalavansky. He's written a bunch of episodes for Starsky and Hutch. Oh wow. And he wrote The Stick Up from 1977. I remember those because I was born that year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the greatest year in me. All right. Starring David Huffman, who plays Harry, who passed away in 1985 at the age of 39. He was murdered in San Diego. Did he find out how? It was a thief. It said a thief murdered him. A robber. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Jesus. I felt bad because he had he had like four so young he got children he, or something. It, it just said thief. I didn't like get too deep into it, okay. but he had four young children. It's kind of fucking sad. Yeah. But he was also in Ice Castles from 1978, that uh, ice skating movie. Okay. Uh, he was in Fist from 79, St. Helens from 81, and Firefox from 82. Okay. We have Marianna Hill, who plays Catherine. Uh, she was in The Godfather Part 2. Uh, the Messiah of Evil from mm. 1974 and a ton of TV. I almost we've picked we almost picked that movie a couple of times. So. Yeah, I remember it keeps showing up on lists. Mm -hmm. We have Otis Young who plays Lieutenant Piantadosi. Yeah, he was in The Last Detail from 73, The Clones from 73, and The Capture of Bigfoot Foot. Bigfoot from 79. Bigfoot. Big <laughs> that, that was my accent. It's a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> she's so used to all these Italian movies now. She's getting real real authentic. We have John Saxton who plays Captain per Pearson. 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 He was in Nightmare on Elm Street. As the father. Yep. The, Enter, yeah. Enter the Dragon. He was in Black Christmas and From Dust Till Dawn and a bunch of other movies too. Oh, yeah. He's been in everything. Cannibal. Yeah. Cannibal Apocalypse, I think it was, where you got that whole shot out through the middle of them. It's yeah. like the only thing good in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Burt Young, who plays Sergeant Ro Royko. Royko. Mm -hmm. uh, he's Polly and Rocky in all Polly. the Rocky movies. Hey, what the fuck is a goddamn fucking New Yorker doing in the middle of fucking San, San Francisco? <laughs> where, no, where is it? It's a, I thought it was in L.A. No, it's, um, it's the Some Santa ben Monica. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was also in Amityville 2, The Possession, and yes. 
Amityville Murders from 2018, dude, and he was in Excessive Force. Dude, he's like the fucking, the angry fucking, I will beat your ass, fucking like, <laughs> domestic abuse dad in Amityville. <laughs> That's <too>. right. That was <laughs> horrible. He's really good at that shit. It's scary. Uh, the budget on this was about $2 million. Oh. Alex, was this your first time watching this movie? No. I've seen this when I was younger. In oh, bits, that's right. Your dad. Bits and pieces and stuff like that. I don't remember the entire story or anything because it's just been so long. Mm -hmm. But I do remember parts of it. I didn't remember the ending. I didn't remember how it all ended and everything like that. Although it is a very tropic movie. I mean, this is deep from the recesses of like uh, it's flying off the shelves from jaws uh the uh, whole fucking thing that that did because between like 78 and like 81 and 82 there was like nothing but like sea creatures humanoids from the deep jaws yeah like everything <laughs> from the fucking beach you know like it was like you're never going on vacation again. Stop <laughs> stop taking a break, you goddamn slackers. Don't go in the water. Yeah, this this movie's been brought to you by Boomer's Alliance. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I felt like they really just wanted you to not to go on vacation and that you needed to work. It was like our corporate overlords oh, decided to make these, these movies. The capitalistic cycle. But do you really want to go swimming out in that ocean where the creatures are? <laughs> You'll die. Your little child will be torn to pieces and shred across the beach. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, uh, oh, there goes Susie. <laughs> anyway, this is one of those movies that is so silly in the idea that it just, you know... Of course, the only way to make this movie would be to make rational sense of it. And uh, by the end of the movie, they kind of attempt to. But <laughs> it's really kind of just a ridiculous story about the beach coming to life and sucking people into holes. Animals, humans, no one is safe. And no one gives a fuck about being safe in this movie either, which is the tried and true Jaws, Piranha. Everybody's always on the fucking beach because they love it so much. Why would anything bad happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I really feel like if you were to make a movie like this, there should be a lot of people being pulled into that beach mm -hmm. very often. And, and as infrequently as this movie was written, you know, obviously it was in the 80s. It's practically a 70s movie. Uh, right. You know, when it was made. It's, right. It feels like a 70s movie, you know? Yeah, totally. Just, just the way it is, but it was starting to get into that 80s vibe of doing some wild shit. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I liked this movie. I did enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun to watch, but it is kind of over... They overdo the, like, uh, lieutenant, the fucking sergeant, the captain. Like, there's just too much of that as filler in this movie. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love Paulie as anybody else, you know, he fucking trained Rocky, for Christ's sake. He didn't really do anything in this movie. I mean, there was a couple of parts in the movie that he kind of has a funny moment in there where mm -hmm. some fucking, like, newscaster was like, power to the people, man. And he was like, see, someone knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> He's like a fucking wise, like he's like Columbo, you know? Right. <laughs> but he's not. It's like I kept thinking of Columbo because that is the Columbo performance. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a really silly kind of movie. There isn't really that much gore, although there is a little. There's a couple of love stories going on, a couple of, 
I don't know. It just feels very homemade in some ways, but not mm-hmm. because they have this whole scene where this guy like sings a song with this other woman and it's like legitimately live. It was right. almost like they decided to have a party and decided to film it mm-hmm. <laughs> and do this song live mm-hmm. together because they really sang it together. Yeah. Like you could tell by the microphone. I was just like, holy shit, this is actually kind of. Yeah, it just felt like one of those small town things, even though it's Santa Monica, it just felt like it. And there's a lot of people that speak it like with fucking New York accents in this fucking movie. Right. Which including Pauly and the whole fucking I just it's just so weird to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, Santa Monica is a melting pot, but I wouldn't expect to have that many fucking New Yorkers out there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe in Florida. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. Ultimately, it's not the 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 fastest paced watch. It is slowed down quite a bit. But there's something charming about it that I really like. Mm-hmm. There's really no atmosphere to this film whatsoever. Right. I, I couldn't really get into it. Although the score I did kind of like, and I I have some trivia on the guy who did it, which is Gil Mele, who was a jazz musician actually who did this, and I really liked the the sound. But I really felt like they, they didn't use it enough. There's like moments in this movie where the music's all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. It's so many different styles. Mm-hmm. Like they even have the jazz music that he did in this too, probably just to. Oh, totally. They did. You know, but they have this like this, the end song, which is like so appropriate. It's got this kind of Jaws-esque feel to it mm-hmm. where it's got this bass humming where it's like. Brum, 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 brum. Um, but I'll explain more on that guy and why he's like, he's like actually a pretty famous guy. And I almost wait to hear some of the stuff about him. I feel like there should be a documentary about this guy mm-hmm. uh, who did the music. But yeah, aside from that, uh, it's, it's okay to follow, but it's not, I've seen worse, a hell of a lot worse, but it's just kind of average to me. Um, I still like it though because it's not a good movie. It's kind of like a so bad it's good in a way, but like in a seventies way, not like the eighties way. Right. You know, where it's like you can tell it's a cheap production, the idea is far out there, but it doesn't go as wild and out as like fucking eighties movies. Yeah, you want it to. Yeah, they play it serious. They had like good looking people, they had good looking actors, they all seem to do their part fairly decently. And uh, they all seem really nice, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I would have to give this movie probably like a five out of ten. Um, it's average to me in a way, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who adore this movie, especially those who grew up with it. Um, I'm not putting it down. I think a five is totally apropos for this movie. Maybe even a five point five, you know, because like there is some things in it. I just wanted to see more, and that's just you know, I'm a young, I'm a you know, I was young when this movie came out. I wasn't even you know, were you like three or four? Yeah, or you know what I mean. So yeah. it's like this movie might have played to a audience better back then than it does now because we've been spoiled by everything so much. Right. Uh, so it's hard for me to like really kind of put myself into those shoes but ultimately i just got to pay attention to is did it did it really make me want to pay attention to it mm-hmm. even if i like the idea of the beach eating people mm-hmm. i love that kind of thing but i think them trying to explain it away is what kind of ruins it for me a little bit mm-hmm. because it gives it rules yeah no that makes sense do you know what yeah. i mean and i get it like people who are like you know I don't, like not want to say like atheists or anything but those who don't really believe anything they kind of need the answers laid out for them might like this a little bit more me i'm okay with like 
ambiguity and not knowing. Not knowing, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't need to know what the monster is because I don't need to destroy it. I want to be fearful of it. So if it had no rhyme or reason, that would be infinitely more terrifying. Like God. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like God. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) He sent his son down here. He's pretty fucking dark. We're going to send my... Hey! (laughs) Not you, you fucking dipshit. The other one. Jesus. Get your ass over here. You're going down, buddy. You're going down twice, actually. (laughs) Then you're going to come out of cave. Do the fucking jig. Eat the Easter bunny. <laughs> Easter bunny's going to pull you out of an egg later on in life. <laughs> in a painting by fucking a guy who likes to kill people. <laughs> Anybody. Anyway, there's a lot of jokes thrown in there. <laughs> but yeah, five, maybe a 5.5 out of 10. I, I think I'm going to give it a 5.5. I was really on the fence with this one. Uh-huh. Because I just didn't know what to think of it. Right. You know, like there's obviously for its time, I think it's like far more out there. You know what I mean? But there was a lot of movies back then that, you know, in the 50s and 60s and stuff that had really out there plots, but they weren't really able to convey them on the screen. Mm-hmm. They were limited by their, you know, effects and stuff like that. But I like the meatiness and the bloodiness of this one. Mm-hmm. A little bit more than the other one. Oh. Because it has like real practical in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have I would have loved to seen this one be a little bit more gory or two, so that's kind of why it's low too. Yeah. Um totally. But yeah, what about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like on the fence. It's like a good concept, but there was like a lot, like you said, there's a lot of filler. There's a love story in this, of course, and it's really cheesy. Christina hates love. God, it's like, just let it be. Not everyone has to fucking fall in love all the goddamn time. <laughs> and yeah, the music was just crazy in this. It, it was like they're, they're, there'd be nothing happening, but the music was just a fucking out of control. But since you said the thing about the jazz it was like a, a jazz musician. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That they just kind of threw the music in like wherever. Yeah, Just I don't know. walking down the street, nothing happening. He was a talented guy. I'll, I'll get oh, into yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just saying the, the music was good. It was just like misplaced. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it was fun to watch. There, Like you said, there were too many characters. So, but the, but the acting was really good. But yeah, there was just too many characters who really didn't do anything like the whole and yeah, the whole police investigating but they didn't fucking do anything right like like they always do but anyway <laughs> well at least they believed in it this in this movie well it's because well they didn't believe it it was just these people go missing and they're like well i don't know what happened well, the, blah the, blah blah we'll get into it but the head guy yeah was believing in it and one of the lower guys didn't believe it. yeah and it's usually the reverse. Yeah. So well, that was different. That is different. So I don't know. I do see this being an influential movie. So I'd give it a four out of 10. I like the practical effects too. Right. I think what my. But the, it was still limited. I think my issue is that I just, in my mind, like I couldn't imagine that thing moving around underneath the sand like that without just. Like moving. tremors. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, that's why I'm saying I've been spoiled by other movies who thought it out a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? but the, if this was the original thought, right. I mean, I guess you got to cut them a little bit of slack. Dude, if someone would remake this movie and do it in a way that was kind of fun, I don't want to mean like take the complete piss out of everything. Like you could do it kind of 
like realistic, but like the body count goes up to like 50. Yeah, it's like it's just swallowing like people who get married on the beach, like yeah. a whole wedding party. But and do shit. it like the Piranha movie, like where it's like that oh, gory. Yeah, yeah. You know, like and there's do nowhere to, people could go. I want to see somebody walking down the beach and then their leg get pulled in and then the other leg snaps as they get pulled uh, in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then that leg stays on the thing and then it grabs it when it goes <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to see some wild shit. So yeah, but we do have some trivia on it that I really want to get into that I'm really excited to talk about actually. Um, that I think you guys will really enjoy. So even if you haven't seen this movie, it's really not that big a deal. We'll go over a couple of things in the movie. Um, but mostly this is going to be just some of the trivia because I found a lot. I kind of went down a hole here. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, you can find this on YouTube. It's not the greatest copy out there, but it's one of the only copies that you'll find. Uh, it's stretched out on the screen, so it's going to make you feel like you need to put your head back a little bit. That's the annoying part. Just think that you're back in the 80s, you know? Yeah, it's it's not great. It's like <laughs> somebody tried to make it widescreen, and it's not a widescreen movie. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, So it's like they pan and scanned all the way in. Anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So. What was the creature? Do you know what it was? What was it? Uh, it was it a sand creature? I'm asking you. Do you know? No, I have no fucking idea. Okay. Do you know? Yes. And no, what is no, it? No, I don't. <laughs> you jerk. It's called a quick blabblegorifif. <laughs> no, you're just making shit up. <laughs> really? Pulling pull shit out, out of your yeah, ass. Yeah, there's no such word. <laughs> it sounds very obviously made up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the look of the monster, a lot of people were saying that it is compared to a subtropical carnivorous plant called the venus flytrap like a giant one it oh did, but it's under the sand yeah but it looked like an amalgamation of bodies like all mashed together in this lumpy sack that had like oh. a tremor's head mm-hmm. with like a venus flytrap kind of face uh-huh it had this little like rose or like bulb in the middle of its mouth oh, okay did you notice that no because they barely showed it yeah, well, no, they showed it pretty well. I mean, it, it just was like... For like a half a second. Yeah, it went over it a while, quite a while, actually. Did it? Yeah, you oh. must not have been looking. Oh, we was taking notes or something. You might have been, but I paid attention the whole time. I was like, oh, this is a movie that I'm going to be talking about, so maybe I should watch it. I'm just kidding. I just did the biggest eye roll of my life. I could still, the, I could feel the eyes at the back of my head. Oh, of course you can. That's your head. Anyway... So I watched the movie, and and I noticed that it was like it looked like a tremors worm on top of a sack. Uh huh. Like it was weird. Like actually, it kind of looks like a um dune a worm, except in the middle was a big bulb. Oh. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, a lot of people were saying that nobody really knows what the fuck it is. It's just if that thing was moving very, how could that thing move very fast under the beach? That's what I want to know. Right. And they were saying that this was all the way down in fucking Mexico. Like in the movie. Uh-huh. Do you remember them? He was like, oh, I'm getting reports down in Mexico and fucking blah, blah, blah. And, and here and there, it's everywhere. Uh-huh. And then, um, anyway. But the setting, obviously, was Santa Monica, California, State Beach, where the film was shot. And the habitat of the monster in the film also extends to sand at Venice Beach. So they do go up that far in uh, some of the movie. Oh, That's yeah. That's why it kind of looks like you're under the pier, under the deck. Right. It's like really weird around that area. Like, um, I've walked all up and down that whole stretch there, but Blood Beach was basically put out and it says December 1980. 
but it was given a limited theatrical release in the uh, release in the United States by the Jerry Gross organization on January 23rd. So they released a beach movie during winter. Well, it was no, it was January 23rd, 1981, yes, a year later. Though. Winter, yeah. Yeah. Which is where they put movies that they aren't really sure is going to do too well. Right, and they still do. And they and to be fair, not many people like this movie, but <laughs> it has it has gained a cult status, you know, right, because it's, of course. it's such an odd weird thing Mm -hmm. Uh, the film was released in the u.s on vhs by media home entertainment which was one of the biggest and uh as of 2012 the film had only been officially released on a dvd in germany and officially nobody has picked it up yet i'm kind of hoping that somebody does though Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't know who knows why it's being tied up and it hasn't been i would like to get a copy of this Uh uh-huh just because right this is like one of those movies when I was a kid that my dad had, and it just reminds, it's like a very nostalgic. It's a great cover. Oh, the, I love the, the cover. Yeah, poster. how can you forget it that? Is, yeah, it is a great cover. What a fucking just, like, to the point, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm getting eaten by sand. What more do you need? Right. <laughs> well, I guess we need a cop story and two love stories in here. I guess we'll fit that in there somehow. <laughs> Two love stories from two different people, by the way, and one of them has two love interests, and one of them has one. So there's technically three love stories in this. It's crazy. It's dumb. Yeah. I couldn't even keep up. I was just like, whatever. People are going to die, obviously. Supposedly, uh, Alamo Drafthouse re-released the film in a limited 35 millimeter screening on March 14th in 2015 as kind of a part of a New York Hudson horror show, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in Yonkers, and they promoted uh, promoted and promoted by a new theatrical poster by artist Stephen Romano. Mm-hmm. Now, the German version of the film contained extra shots of gore during the attack sequences that may have been cut from the U.S. release to avoid an X rating. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah, totally. It might be good. I would like to get this movie. Even if it gave it a low score, it's still a lot of fun mm-hmm. in, in that way. It's just weird. Funny enough, John Saxton made a very similar movie uh, that he appeared in called Nightmare Beach in 1988. Funny thing about that is, is that last week we did Primal Rage and the director of that movie wrote Nightmare Beach. Oh. So it's like three degrees of separation or is it two? Two degrees? I don't know. Something like that. Math. <laughs> no. Uh, as I was speaking about Gil Mele. He's a famous jazz artist that was born in New York, and he also is a film composer, sculptor, and a bunch of other things. But he did score on this film, and it includes, you know, synthesizer, tenor, baritone, soprano, saxophone, all of which he was really good at. And he's done a lot of genre scores like Embryo from 1976. A big one is The Andromeda Strain from 1971. The Intruder Within, The Sentinel, and Kolshak, The Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. He even did The Mummy one, The Demon and the Mummy. Mm-hmm. But he even did some work on Night Gallery and the TV show in the 70s as well. Oh. But he did put on a lot of jazz albums on his own, too. And he worked, on the, uh, it worked with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, the Los Angeles Symphony, and the National Philharmonic Orchestra of London. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first film composers to ever use synthesizers in a major orchestra. Oh, weird. Yeah, that was like kind of unheard of back then. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's all new technology and shit oh, like yeah. that. Now, 
Melee, Melee hooked up with an engineer and an amateur synthesizer builder for advice and blueprints, and he was using army surplus equipment to build tiny electronic instruments that would, you know, like the metal boxes with the dials and, you know, knobs and needles and input and output jacks for like a, you know, to make these like synthesizer things that he could use. And he named them some pretty crazy names, like the Doomsday Machine, which is a real instrument that was made in 1965 by him. His percussion was one of the world's... His uh, percussotron was one of the world's first drum machines. He did the Electar 3, which was the first iteration made in 1960, and a wireless synth, even, that Mm -hmm. completely wireless. He even had um, the Tome... Six, which is technically the world's first electronic saxophone. Huh. So he created that. It's crazy. He even did the white noise generator. Thank you. I sleep calmly every night now. It's like a tornado in there every night. (laughs) We got like two of those bitches. (laughs) We're cutting logs down in there if you you didn't turn that on. Um, But no, he made that in 1964. He did also the director, which had like a bubble oscillator. In 1966, so you know he's done a lot. Yeah, one of the first to add synthesizer to orchestra is pretty big. Mm -hmm. You know, because we had people like Tangerine Dream who really fucking nailed it, and people like you know, just I don't know. There's just a lot of people who've like put a lot of synthesizer in movies and shit, and uh, having the two both is kind of crazy, but. He's com- he's composed music for about 125 motion pictures, and he died on October 28th of 2004 at the age of 72. Wow. So I would love to see a documentary just on his instrument making alone and, like, what he thought about that. There's got to be some documentation. I scoured the internet, and there's really only, like, a couple of things out there on it. Mm-hmm. Like, two. Two. One that actually had pictures in his soul that every link was out of date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one that actually spoke to him in person back in 2000 mm-hmm. uh, before he died. Oh. So it was pretty cool. I don't know. I just found it really interesting. So, but yeah. Um, Christina, what are some of your favorite scenes or what do you want to spoil about this movie? And- well, there was a part I thought was really funny. So like. Uh, one of the ladies who's like this mom to this daughter, she goes missing because, you know, the sand eats her. So, you know, the, of course, the daughter shows up to look for her and she's the dog. The lady's dog was left behind. Right. Yeah. It didn't so, eat the dog. Well, it did eat the dog. Later on. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was funny because the, the dog kept going to the spot where the the mom like disappeared. So one night the dog got out. And and went to the beach and started digging, and then it then the daughter like came out and thought the dog was just laying there and like picked up the dog and his, his head, <laughs> the dog's head was missing. I, it's funny to hear you laugh in this situation because normally you're like, "What I, the well, fuck?" It was so fake, but it was just so funny, and she right. was you know it, it was just so funny because it was so fake. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, the old lady warns, uh, old bag lady warned her that her mom was, this is a weird part. I still don't know what Mrs. Starling is. She was this homeless lady in the movie, 
<clears throat> that they literally paid attention to from start to finish. And she's peeking in the she's the one who's peeking in the 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 window she, when the one lady went missing. She like saw her get sucked down. She knows something because yeah. she is involved in this movie a lot. And she never really is followed for why or what is going on. And I feel like there's some sort of weird thing that she knows about from the days of old. Where she's like, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Yeah, they didn't explain that. She but, just knows things. Because there was that one scene where the uh, beach patrol guy who's like sitting at the office who sits on the pier. Oh, yeah. Comes up to her. He comes up to her and he's like, hey, it's really not safe to be here. You know. Yeah. Inside I, I the pier. I bet you've never taken a ride in a beach cruiser, huh? You know, trying to be really nice. And she just gets up in her little nest. And then, like, watches him get sucked into the earth, and he's like, help me. Yeah, it's like she knew it was coming. Like, she could see it. Yeah, like, the wrath, like, there's, like, this is punishment for something, you know? It, like, Taking her land, I bet. Right, like, like her son was an aborted fetus, and, and the toxic waste in the ocean made him <laughs> turn into this weird blood beach fucking monster. That would have been cool. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like a 60s movie or 50s movie. It could movie. be Cletus the Fetus Part 2. Right, there you go. They, like, remade it. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of air that I had about her in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really wish they would dig into that in the remake that we're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I really do think that people could make a remake of this movie. Yeah, totally. Like, I think you could make it just extra chunky, extra. Chunky? Yeah, like, but like actually put some real money behind it mm-hmm. and, you know, do it legitimately. And you could do it even kind of artistically, too. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to make it just schlock. Oh, you know what scene, like, almost bothered me? Hmm. Um, so the daughter's like, uh, I think she went down to the pier because she was like snooping around or it was like this abandoned thing. And this guy like pops out of nowhere and he almost like tries to rape her. Right. Right. And then out of nowhere, whatever this thing is, bites his dick off. Which was really cool. Yeah, that was a really fucking crazy part that in the movie. That was crazy. Yeah, like he's like fucking the beach or something, and then he's like, oh, oh. And then he stands up, and his dick's all his his uh, pelvic area is all bloody. Yeah, I don't know if he died or not. It was funny because there was like because I went back to rewatch it, um, and I was just like, it's a jump scare, right? Because like he pops up out of nowhere. They're trying to build this tension that the sand creature is coming up behind her. And it's like this guy that just hops out out of nowhere. Right. And then he's just trying to rip her clothes off and then gets kicked in the nuts and then turns over and gets his dick bit off. You know, it's like, yeah, it's so see weird. what I mean? Like there's something to this character and he, he doesn't end up killing her either. Right. No, he, he I don't know if he died. He just like got away. Yeah, like some because people Because the lived. other like the other guys showed up. Because yeah, like just want a little snack that night. In the in like I think it was like the next scene or it was like the next morning, they're like talking in the the kitchen and you can see the mic boom <laughs> the entire no, scene. It's in the it's in the uh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I saw that too. <laughs> you know, both of these movies have that. Yeah. They, uh, you see them in, in both the movies. next movie. They're in the 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 beach guard tower, mm-hmm. and you can see it up there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Almost exactly the same shot. Too. Do you see, do you think it must have been like influenced? It, it could have been. been. It could have been. I mean, the person who wrote it is different than the person who directed it. 
I'll get into what it is because I tried to look it up and I couldn't find but anything on it. they even have the boom mic when the male and the female were talking to each other in a space. We'll talk like, about that okay. in the next movie. Anyway, but sorry, yeah, okay. There is definitely some connections to the next movie. We'll talk about it there, okay? <laughs> Save it for that. Okay, I put a pin in it. Yeah, we got enough to talk about in this one, all right? But yeah, um, the end was kind of funky a little bit. I just yeah. want to talk about that a little bit and then we'll get on to the next movie. <sighs> So the, the fucking Paulie guy, fucking Ryko, he's like talking about, we got to blow this monster up. That's how you fucking deal with monsters, right? <laughs> and then the, 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 the scientist guy who had been asked to talk to the captain about what he thinks this beach monster is, he's like, well, perhaps it's some sort of creature that's in its evolutionary process where it's moved from beach from our, from the ocean to the land. And in order to stay moist, it chooses a habitat in which there is part water and part land. And I'm like, wow, this is making a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> this guy's making a lot of sense. Yeah, you know? Cut to the credits. <laughs> so cut to the end where they're like, okay, we need your help now. Because he wrote, the captain wrote him off. He's like, you talk crazy talk. Get the fuck out of here. You would say up all night. <laughs> Sorry. God. That's not how he talks. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he uh, tells him to get the fuck out and then they bring him back at the end because they're going to they go down to its lair under the fucking um, pier and under this place where his like these kids used to play when they were kids. And it's a really creepy place. There's like a part where he goes down there when he was a kid, like earlier. And there's some sort of like glowing shit behind a cracked wall mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's more to the story. There is a. There's a, lot a missing. there's a lo- lot of lore that is missing from this movie, and there is definitely more going on. And like I said, I think there's some sort of radiation involved, perhaps, and that's why we got this creature, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why that lady knows something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she was like kind of foretelling everybody about stuff before it happened, right? Because like, there was a rapist under the bridge. Mm-hmm. She knew that. She kind of knew everything. It's like so weird. But anyway, they go under the bridge again later on, and the lady almost dies because she finds all these body parts. Um, Catherine, she goes under there for God knows what reason. Looking for a mom. Technically, she kind of found oh, her. Oh, yeah, because the whole movie, she still thinks she's alive. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, she's still alive. Okay, everybody else is dying, but not your mom because she's special. She's nice. She made better cookies than those other fuckers. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she like basically goes down there, finds the body parts, and they're like, we got to blow it up. He's like talking about fucking killing it. The scientist guy is like, you know, we really shouldn't blow this thing up because we don't know too much about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and then he goes into a dialogue with Royko, Pauly, mm-hmm. and he's like, we need to blow this shit up. And then a fucking scientist is like, yes, but... You know, there are species that live deep underground that have regenerative capabilities. What will happen if we kill it and it comes back after we've blown it to smithereens? What might become of each smithereen? (laughs) And it's like foretelling it like, hey, we might just turn this problem into... A bigger problem. Yeah, like many problems. Mm -hmm. And sure enough... After he blows it up, Royko steps on the fucking, what do they call it? The plunger. <laughs> yeah, I want to plunge it down here, and I want to be able to fucking blow this shit to high hell when I fucking want. I want cameras everywhere. 
And then he Royko goes running down and stomps on the on the plunger. The plunger. And it blows up. And then at the end of the movie, everything's hunky dory. Catherine and fucking Harry are going back to their place. And then everybody's back on the beach a few days later. And there's a kid on the beach. And, and he, he disappears. disappears. And then suddenly all these little sand holes start appearing, appearing everywhere across the beach. And then the credits roll. Yeah, and it's like, ah, we warned you. Yep, you're all going to die. Yeah, we tried to tell you. And then it infects infectious disease cubs. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that's that movie. I thought the ending was okay. The creature looked okay. You know, okay. it seems like a very typical ending. But, you know, this is an old movie, so of course it's going to be a little more typical because it wasn't as typical back then. Or maybe it was, and <laughs> I don't know. We've just seen so many different movies since then. But mm-hmm. I, I even told Christina because I fell asleep on it. I was like, did they blow it up? And she's <laughs> like, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to go back and watch it again. So uh, my damn narcolepsy. So we do have another movie to talk about, though. And that movie is The Sand from 2015. It's also known as Blood Sand or just The Sand. Uh, the cover is, um, to me, a, a little bit... They, Similar? They did the two different covers for this movie, by the way. One of it is too uh, exposing of it. I think they shouldn't have it like that, but I guess they didn't have as many people watch it. But this has a bit of movie that has been kind of passed around in circles because it's there's something about it that people like, just like there was something about Blood Beach that there is to like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's about a bunch of kids. They have an all-night graduation beach party. And a group of hungover 20-somethings awake to the beating sun and a seemingly carnivorous beach that devours anything with a heartbeat that touches the sand. The tagline of this movie is, The Beach is Killer. I think there's another one, but it didn't say in... Yeah, it didn't say on the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, Very similar cover is the Blood Beach, by the way. The Lady in the Sand. Yeah, which is, you know, come on. I think this is brought to you by Fangoria, isn't it? Yeah, about 2015, probably. The trailer's playing while I'm like looking at the IMDb right now. But anyway, this is by director Isaac Gabeff. He got to start working as a set dresser and a prop master. So he worked on a lot of sets and kind of making them look nice and everything like that. He's worked what? on a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's weird. Why? I'll, I'll put a pen in it. <laughs> well, no, that's weird because... There's a lot of CGI in this movie, so for him to be a prop master... Oh, it's costly. Yeah, but still, yeah, he's that's a, he's kind of a, strange to me. I don't, th- I don't think so. I think it's like, no. I don't think it's a weird thing because he didn't pay for all those props to be made. It still costs money. Yeah, it's not like you're making... I know, but you think he would have a little bit of something. No, I mean, a lot of my... Are, you know who's a prop master? Clint. Yeah, I know. Clint is a fr- um, from... System Sin, and he makes all Yeah, he props. is now a filmmaker, and he wasn't getting a lot. Of, he was getting enough to get by on his props, but he was mostly an artist that's starving. Right. You know, and he has, like, a lot of different things. So I, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that he's starving or anything, but I'm just saying that, like, it's probably not as lucrative as you're thinking. Oh, I know, but I'm still just saying this. It's just weird. Right. Me. Well, he had to come up with this money for this movie, and they probably chose CGI because it's cheaper. Because it was cheaper. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, but it's either do the movie or not. Yeah, I know. I, I understand that. You know that. what I mean? It's still weird. But yeah, he basically did the prop master and the set designs on a lot of different movies and a lot of different shows. He's been in everything for both 
like Boardwalk Empire, FBI, Most Wanted. And he even directed a movie called The Art of Storytelling, which was an animated comedy uh, or has some animated stuff in it about a production designer and his assistant who journey through a lot of low-budget films, which he starred in it as well. So, I mean, he clearly knows the scene of set dressing and production and all that. So I think that was just like kind of what hit him. And some of the writers on this movie are Alex Greenfield, who got their start with all the WWE TV specials, like Raw, SmackDown, all of the like ones that you would pay-per-view, like all the big ones and stuff. It was a writer for that. Even ECW, WWE Timeline. They did a few disaster movies like 10.0, Earthquake from 2014, Meteor TV show in 2012, and more. Also, we got Ben Powell, who started a film called Satanic in 2006, and The Aggression Scale, Lullaby, and did a couple of episodes of uh, VHS on Quibi, actually. Oh. Which is, I've been collecting all the VHS movies. Apparently, we got a 1999 coming out soon on Shudder. They made it back-to-back with the last one. Mm-hmm. But they might be adding more to it or something. I don't know. Oh. They're waiting to like release it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there was a show on Quibi, which was that 10-minute platform. Right. That you, failed. That failed. Yeah. Like everybody thought, oh, we'll just have short content. And, and th- then TikTok happened. <laughs> yeah. Everybody threw everything at Quibi. And they all these directors like Sam Raimi and production companies wanted to be a part of it to throw out content on there to try to get like you know whatever it was and it just didn't work it lasted for like i don't know six months and then it just folded yep but they had vhs on there and it was like there was like five episodes of it for 10 minutes long Mm -hmm. and i really hope that at some point in time we get a copy of that Mm -hmm. because i'd really like to see it but anyway ben powell is a big part of that Also, some of the cast we got here is Brooke Butler, who plays Kaylee. She was in the completely underrated All Cheerleaders Die from 2013. She was also playing young Darlene Snell in Ozark, by the way. She, yeah, she's like in two episodes for that. Uh, She was in the new Magnum P.I. TV show. Actually, two of the actresses in this movie are from the Magnum P.I. show. Um, She was in Famous and an episode of Creepshow TV series. We also have Cleo Barry, who was the, he's Gilbert in the movie. He was the, the, the trash can man. He was in a movie called Zombie Apocalypse, School of Rock TV series, American Nightmares, which is an anthology movie with Danny Trejo. He also, we also have Cynthia Murrell, who was Ronnie in the movie. She was in Making a Scene with James Franco, like 16 episodes. I've never even heard of that. Oh, I think it was like a YouTube Oh, maybe. So. Yeah, it might be why I didn't hear about it. She was also in Restored Me, Always Watching, and Marble Hornets Story, which I think was like a unofficial like Slenderman movie or something. Uh, we also have Cheaper by the Dozen remake that she was in. Uh, we got Dean Geyer, who was Jonah in the movie. He was in Glee for a lot of episodes and Terra Nova for a lot of episodes. Shades of Blue and Dark Intentions are two movies he was in. Megan Holder, who was Shonda, who played you know, character in pitch TV series, main one. She was also in Dave, the TV series with little Dickie and Magnum PI, the TV show and girlfriends of Christmas Pass. 
Anyway, we got Mitchell Muso, who plays Mitch. He did the voice of DJ in Monster House as a kid. He also is a singer, songwriter, and he was in Milo Murphy's Law. We have Hector David Jr., who plays Vance, who was in Percy Jackson in The Olympians, The Lightning Thief. He was also in Green... He was the Green Power Ranger in Power Rangers Megaforce and Power Rangers Samurai, which is a lot of different iterations of that. We also have Nikki Lee, who is Marsha in the movie. She is in a movie called A Girl is a Gun, Silencer, Twisted Vines, Butch Cassidy and the Wild Bunch, and she was also in an issue of Playboy at the time this movie was made. And then last but not least, we got Jamie Kennedy from Beat... He was the Beach Patrol guy. The Alex, his name is Beach Patrol Alex. (laughs) Son of the Mask, Scream franchises, Randy, Tremors, and Malibu's Most Wanted. What happened to him? He's still around. He's still making movies. Oh, he is? Yeah, I think he's producing some, too. Oh. Yeah, he was in Tremors, a lot of the later Tremors ones. Oh. Which I stopped watching after, like, three. (laughs) I've never seen, I might have seen four, but I haven't seen five or this, the -hmm. Frost one. They went mm-hmm. wild with those movies. Uh, this movie premiered at the Fright Fest in 2015, about a year after it was made. Christina, what are your thoughts on this fine film? I am so conflicted. So <laughs> I think I think it's an epic movie, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. It definitely is. Yeah, because it's funny, too, because it's like I wrote down that the acting was really annoying to me, but... The dialogue is pretty bad. I think it's the dialogue. I think the acting was okay. I think they were doing a good job with what they had, but (sighs) they just kind of, like, overdid it. I mean, it's nice of you to say so. But that's why I'm, like, so conflicted about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's such a 2015 movie. Oh, the the Uh, CGI movies? Well, well, no, no, no. The jokes? Like, you can't make these jokes anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is like pre-you're going to get canceled. This is is like right towards the end. uh, Because about 2015, 2016, things have, like, shit started changing and Mm -hmm. movements were really pushing forward which is great but i'm sure it, it wasn't great for like this movie <laughs> ah, right you know oh also it's just like there's dubstep in this movie i mean you don't really hear dubstep <laughs> anymore it's a bygone era so, i thought that was funny <laughs> of like five six years you know like right right it's so funny it is <laughs> there's also like a lot of unnecessary love triangles again this fucking movie yeah. like pointless absolutely Christine, you, and annoying i gotta just say something what everybody feels like the perfect movie is a balance of all of those things well they're wrong of all genres they're wrong <laughs> You're that's wrong. what makes a blockbuster film no this okay. is not a blockbuster film obviously well, you know what i'm saying that's what they're trying for anyway right um, I also I did also write down um, speaking on that this is obviously a 2015 movie I also wrote down a man obviously wrote this plot <laughs> because the yeah. ending is just so obvious a man wrote this plot like <laughs> it's oh god it's it's cringy to me but it is funny it has its moments but I do I, I feel like this is what Blood Beach was supposed to be maybe before they realized it yeah and I think it really did inspire this movie. It also, I will say the CGI because I mean, it's obvious, like it does take away from the movie. And now that you're saying that director was a prop master, it, it I understand money issues and stuff. Well, they but don't make practical you, effects. They don't do the, the gore. 
in, in this movie? That, yeah, no, Christina. Prop master and yeah. and set dresser are not practical I know. effects. Okay, I know. I'm just making sure you understand that. I I know, but still, you would think you would want. He's an artist, yes, more. but I'm just saying, like, it is not practical effects. Anyway, and it still costs money to make practical effects. I would really like to see this movie remade, but with like a family. Okay. Wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know. I I don't know how you like do a, it. Like, like they a... fall it. They fell asleep on the beach, or like there's a family on the beach, and then all of a sudden, like these these people just like start Chevy Chase's family ripped to shreds ah! and shit. National Vampoons sand bloody beach blood, blood beach vacation <laughs> sand, bloody sand <laughs> sounds gross. Anyway, I would like to see this remade with uh less cringy jokes. Uh, six out of ten. Okay. Fair enough. I'm about the same there. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I think this one's a lot easier to watch. Oh, totally. <laughs> than Blood Beach, but there's like something I admire about Blood Beach a little bit more because it goes for the practical and, and it makes it such a difference to me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's how much of a difference it means to me. Like I gave it a five, maybe a 5.5 Blood Beach. This one, I could say, you know, it's an easy watch. Is there things wrong with it? Oh, hell yes. Is it so bad it's good? Oh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. The dialogue is cringy. The acting is overacted. Like everybody is like just trying to get through this movie, including the poor guy in the fucking trash can. That I was horrible. I swear to God, I all I kept thinking while watching this movie is I would fucking hope that this guy got paid a lot of money to sit in that can for as many hours as he did. He probably did, yeah. But apparently this movie was only made in 12 days, so (laughs) hopefully it wasn't all fucking 12 days that he had to sit in there. I bet you the can had like a little door so he could just like... Or if it was... Yeah. Like a big door. I don't know, man. Like he looked like he was... Like I wonder if they decided to film that in a couple of hours. Yeah, because really those scenes, it was just him. You never really see him with anybody. Yeah. You never see the shots from over his shoulder to them. Yeah. So it's almost like they were like, okay, we got this is going to be uncomfortable for the dude. Yeah. I would not be able to handle what he did and in why, this movie. Why did they put the, and they put the fat guy like in the trash can? Yeah, like so what as the a, fuck? As a joke prank thing, they put this guy in a trash can in the movie and he's in it the entire movie. So <laughs> just Horrible. imagine how you are as a big dude being stuffed in a big fucking trash can that's like cutting into your ribs the entire movie. Anyway, uh, the fun, the movie is funny. It's, it's inadvertently funny, like in a lot of different ways. There is so much CGI done, but, you know, I think some of it is warranted, like um, what you see in the movie that kind of describes what's coming out of the sand. I won't spoil it because I think you should, it'd be better to watch it then for me to explain it um let's just say that they're not sure if it's a creature or what it is either but right. it, it, it kind of uh over time if they figure out what's going on with it and they use different things to kind of figure that out but essentially if they walk on the sand they are trapped instantly and like cannot step any further and just get fucking torn to shreds in very many graphic cgi ways some of the cgi was not bloody at all and some of it was fucking bloody as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it looks, well, there was a couple of deaths in the movie that I really liked. There's like two death scenes in this movie that I really liked. Mm-hmm. The rest, I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, yeah. There's one character that they just completely fucking forgot about. And, the, <laughs> and there's one character that even says, oh, and blah, 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 too. It was like they didn't even give a fuck about him. 
Right. I was just like, what the fuck? They were all up in arms about this one character. And then somebody else goes to save her and they forget about her now. Yeah. Like they didn't even show her death. Yeah, because she was a throwaway character. Right. But still, you understand my point here, Yeah, right? she wasn't a love interest. She wasn't like, you know. It's just really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I just thought that was really weird in this movie. But it's like, okay, we'll just brush over that. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's intentionally kind of uh, cringy, you know what I mean? And it's kind of ridiculous. It is definitely in the vein of those sci-fi movies that you would see. Mm-hmm. And I think it did air on sci-fi or something like that. It's one of sci-fi's biggest, you know, releases, one of the top five that they've ever put oh, out. Oh, like with Sharknado? Yeah, it was like one of those. Yeah, because like, let's face it, it, it's a pretty big grab bag full of bad shit mm-hmm. a lot of times that they put out on there. And it just is missing a lot of emotions. And some of, some people feel like it's the CGI. Fortunately, the only time they use CGI in this movie are when they really absolutely need it. Unfortunately the and fortunately. Scenes. Yeah, like a lot of this is dialogue heavy and them going through different, you know, ways to jump around on the beach to try to survive this situation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to think how they are going to survive this situation. True. And it seems kind of hopeless, which I kind of like. Yeah. I do in the weirdest way. I like that they kind of reveal what's going on in this movie a little bit in some regards. It's kind of funny. Whereas the Blood Beach one, I prefer it not to be. Yeah. But this one, actually, the science and the, like, plays into the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just some obligatory thing happening and then people go and investigate it. And I think that's because we're in such a smaller, condensed version of Blood Beach Mm -hmm. where it's focusing on one particular situation rather than this big epidemic thing that Blood Beach tries to teach. Right. So that's how these two films are very different from one another. This is a little more localized, a little more personal. And the Blood Beach movie is a little bit bigger scale, kind of like treating it like a chud movie or humanoids from the deep or jaws or whatever although jaws i would say arguably is probably a little bit more personal when you get in there with the shark you know right they do a good job of that anyway uh but yeah that's why this movie is a little easier to to kind of follow and it's not so convoluted there's not so many characters i mean there's a lot of characters a lot of them that die there's a lot of stuff that happens that you wish you would have seen them die Mm -hmm. they didn't show it obviously for budgetary reasons because I would have loved it. It's kind of like when you watch the movie House of the Dead, when they mm-hmm. show up to the fucking House uh, of the Dead party. Right. And everybody's already dead. Right. And we never got to see it. Right. It was disappointing. Yeah. And so the funny thing to me is, is that House of the Dead, in some weird way, has a very similar party scene to it that J- Freddy versus Jason does. Mm-hmm. And we get to see that scene in Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like two... You know what I mean? Like, anyway. But, yeah, it's like you don't see when anything happens at this party and they just wake up and then everybody's gone. And except for these few people and everybody is just kind of like trying to figure it out. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was kind of silly and dumb, but I watched it all the way from start to finish. The effects were, you know, if you can get by the CGI fart. Fart? (laughs) (laughs) Fart. Fart. Parts. Anyway, <laughs> if you can get past that, I think you will find a pretty good So Bad It's Good movie. 
yeah. that you can watch with your friends. You don't really necessarily need to pay attention to. If you want to, you can kind of follow the science behind it a little bit more. It rewards you for paying attention. But in the same regard, you also don't have to pay attention to this one that strong. Right. And it, I definitely think it's a six. Yeah, definitely. So it just because it flows a little bit better. And it's not to put down Blood Beach, whose original idea it is. Trust me, I would have rather seen a movie like Blood Beach do more like this in some regards, Mm -hmm. where we just get to see people die a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to see. And it's, you know. Look at us rating the the movies the same. Hey, sometimes we like these movies, you know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, like, I don't want to put down Blood Beach, because I know a lot of people like it, but I highly recommend you guys check out The Sand if you have not seen it, because I think it's 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 a fun enough movie that you will enjoy it more than hate it. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be things in it that you're just like, oh God, that was a terrible choice. (laughs) Like, why would they, why would they do that? This doesn't even make logistical sense. Like, you know, there's stuff that happens in the movie that you're like, wait, don't you have, I'll get into it later. There's, there's some goofs in this movie that we can point out. And I looked it up and one of them was in the IMDb. Really? Yeah. So I was like, because when I watched it, I kept thinking about the the keys situation when they try to get into the trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's but, uh, a whole thing that happens. We'll get into it uh, later. But yeah. So if you want to check it out, we both gave it a six. You can check it out on Tubi. It's up there with advertisements. Uh, I think there's a couple other places you can check it out. But yeah, it's on Tubi. So if you want to check it out, the sand from 2015. But if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to get into our spoilers now. So here is your warning. So, yeah, they shot this film in 12 days in 2012, and then it didn't even see a release until 2015. Wow. Okay. Now the jokes and everything make sense. Well, I think it's, you know, obviously it was a 12 days. That's not a big production, but it's also not that short either. Right. You know, you still have to feed those people, give them a place to stay in California. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not cheap. Right. But the director, Isaac, in an interview said that they were originally working on pre-production for a drama about four people in a sailing boat going between islands in Hawaii. But there was a sudden problem that caused the film to collapse and production-wise. So he and the producers had discussions about what to do, and everyone still wanted to move forward and make a movie. So Isaac started looking at scripts and right away, the sand emerged as a clear winner from the process, and they began production right away. Oh. So for a movie that, you know, put together in 12, you know, days, had all this wow. rush work behind it, not a bad, you know, attempt, you know? Right. It's not, not a bad one, you know? Not, not a lot of great acting in it. You know, there may be some great actors in it. It just, they didn't do well in this. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, Nikki Lee, remember, I did say she became a Playboy Playmate in May of 2012, mm-hmm. just before they started filming, and she was cast mainly for her willingness to perform nude, so she was the girl with the top off all the time. Oh, uh, okay. She was the first one to die. The one they don't even care about, by the right. way, which right. is so fucking weird, by the way. Can we talk about that? She's getting sucked into the sand. She's one of the first, most important characters in the movie that are going to die, and they just completely don't even show her well, death. Well, you know, horror movie rules, right? She got na- she got naked. She dies first. Yeah, well, I get that, but you still show her death. It wasn't it's like part- Jonah went running in the sand to get her, and boom, all of a sudden, no. Oh, well, they showed his oh, death. Oh, no, it wasn't. J- it was Vance. Yeah, well, they showed his death. Yeah, that's right. That was pretty gnarly. 
I don't know. Originally, they were planning on her being fully nude when she woke up hung over on the beach, but the director decided on the day of the shooting that it made more sense that she was just topless. And Lee said that she was fine doing it either way, so she didn't give a <laughs> shit. Now, this film was voted one of the top five monster movies of Sci-Fi Channel right behind Piranha 3D. Oh. So, they... Uh, it does have a following. A lot of people do like this movie. It's one of those movies I always see a clip from in the movie, like on, oh. on uh, like TikTok or Instagram uh-huh. or somewhere on YouTube or something like that. And that, that's, that's what that's what got me interested. That guy's face melting off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that's actually a pretty cool uh, death, actually, now that I think of it. Yeah. Because they showed his eyeball hanging yeah. out and then dropping. And then, yeah, and then it eating the eyeball. Yeah. Some of the blood spurting in uh, Jamie Kennedy's death was... Mm. Ooh, but he, it still looked cool, and I wish it was practical at that point in time. We'll get into that a little bit later. They make a pretty big effort to get the, the trunk open in this movie, and they really do take the time and effort to really kind of like figure out the logistics of this whole situation did they though did they i mean i wrote something down i well here's what i would have done but what i noticed is that the keys had the fucking the remote the remote on it okay but wait hear me out i thought the same thing but they did say i went back and they did say that the car battery was dead but the problem is is that when they were turning the car over it just didn't start right that's not a fucking battery dead yeah that's your fucking starter Starter. dead yeah um it's funny it is funny though because i wrote down about the keys in the remote but i have a remote to my car and the trunk key the trunk buttons has never worked because i have a key car right yeah but the trunk button has never worked on the remote so it's like i really can't say anything but it was still annoying they should have just taken the remote off I also was thinking, I was also thinking like that car is probably really hot too. And they actually did talk about it in the, in the uh, movie, which, you know, cause I I mean, they're out in the middle of the fucking beach in Santa Monica. It's going to be hot for hours. Yeah. And I don't know. That girl is fucking a trooper, man. Mm -hmm. She gets her fingers jammed in there, which here's what I would have (laughs) done. Okay. Like on the, each side of the car. And if you look at the car, she could have stood on the tire. I know. And I she know. could have fucking opened it on the right side, stood on the tire, and like popped the fucking thing with her arm, her left arm, popped it up, and then she could have used that thing to pull it open. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I would have tore the damn seats out. Plus, I would I have thought that, that maybe, yeah, you probably could get in through the back. Well, I mean, they tried, but. They couldn't do it, but I was like, fuck that shit. Like, you you got a key, start stabbing that seat. Yeah, but that's anyway, a good point. she wouldn't have lost her fingers in an early way if, you know. I agree. Did, that's why they did it. I like it. Because <laughs> like, the cell phones were going to help them. One like, of my favorite things in this movie is, and it could have been so much funnier, and it wasn't, but I still think the bad performance is just kind of part of this movie, in a mm-hmm. way, is when Jamie Kennedy shows up. Oh, my God. It was so bad. <laughs> Like, this is a guy who's actually a comedian, okay? Like, a guy who does stand-up and has been in some, I would say, fairly funny movies. You know, Malibu's Most Wanted is definitely selling it. Mm -hmm. He was not selling the cop thing here. No. Not at all. He was, I don't know. He was just collecting a paycheck. Maybe. But also, you know, when it could have been the director's fault, too. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Jamie needed a little bit more encouragement or maybe he needed to be told he wasn't really done. He was dialing it in. 
You know, that's the part of a director as well, too. Right. So. Um, but I'm not trying to say, you know, Jamie's like the best actor in you know history, let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, so he comes out and they're like, oh my God, don't walk out of the car, you idiot. Mm-hmm. And he's got boots on, so the thing can't go through the boots, which, you know, boots are like tires. So I don't know how it popped the tires on a car. So it's the same type of fucking rubber. Well, as it ate, people got stronger, though. It- no, no, no. I'm saying it popped the tires before he walked on the beach. Oh, yeah. But the tires weren't moving. I mean, the. Yeah, I guess the, you're right. You're right. The, I mean, the shoes were moving. I, I considered that, too. Moving. But anyway, he walks directly over to the girls and he's like, the girl's got her fucking hand stuck in the fucking trunk and he still doesn't help her to fucking pick up the Mm-mm. to open the trunk. But what did they do? Did they lose the keys or it broke? Uh, yeah, because didn't she get? She, yeah, the uh, the trunk went down, and yeah, she lost the keys. That's right. I don't know if she lost them or it broke. The, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Tiny stupid oversight, I guess. Can I go like back to the beginning? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because yeah. I liked it. So that th- when they were filming the party, and it was like found footage, you know, they're filming it. <laughs> they're all drinking and having a good time, and then just all of a sudden, they carry this egg. <laughs> you just fucking see this. Yeah, fucking, that's a this slimy ass egg, dude. Like it was so funny. Most out of place moment in the whole fucking movie. And that's another thing in this movie that's really kind of so bad it's good is that they just bring it up all like casually. Yeah, and then and then the the morning comes and they're like, you know, all this shit's happening, and then like hours later they're like, hey, what's that over there? Oh my god, is that that fucking egg? Yeah, it's the only thing on the oh goddamn god. beach. By it the hatched. way, like they 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 noticed it like hours later. I thought that was so fucking hilarious. Dude, also in the beginning when they bring it on. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you bringing up here? Like, they're bringing it up like they're bringing a keg. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. It's all slimy, though, you know? And it's like, that's very obviously (laughs) a bad idea. Well, I mean, they were drunk. but I don't care. Like, but they just don't even care about it. Yeah. Which makes it funny. Or which makes it so funny. Yeah. It seems kind of self, like, made that way. You know, like, it's intended to be funny. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, what is it? And they're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> it's like dubstep. That's the other thing that, like I said, they put that poor guy, Cleo Barry, in the fucking trash can. Right. I would just like to talk to him to about see. his experience and how I would love to know how they did that. Because I feel like that he should have gotten paid more than everybody else there. <laughs> or maybe the girl who got her fingers stuck in the trunk. Because she was laying in the hood of the car, or on the back the of the car, car, on the hot car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, logistically speaking, like, we're talking about those two. Did you like the way the guy in the trash can died? Um, The creature, like... Where he got sucked through yeah, all the CGI. Yeah, he got CGI. sucked through, and then it was just blood. Thunk. I don't know how they got through the fucking can. Well, they started, like, you know... Putting its little strings on it, like no, I think they should have torn him <gasps> oh, out wait, and wait. his body fell out. No, and then... that was the first time we saw the creature had these big tentacles. Right, that was like because like parts of it had large tentacles. Yeah, so that's how it got through the can. Right, because it kept eating and eating and then growing and growing. Back to Jamie Kennedy now. Anyway, yeah, back to Jamie Kennedy. So he goes over after talking to the girls, and he's like, "Who's this fat Albert motherfucker in the trash can?" I was, he was like, like, "What the fuck, God dude? Damn, dude! What the?" <laughs> fuck? And he keeps cracking jokes like the whole time, and it's like very obvious that he doesn't want to be in there. And there's blood all over him, 
and there's very obviously something bad going on here. And Jamie's like, man, what kind of drugs are you guys on? Come on, cough it up. Tell you me what, what it is. You is on it, that meth? Is it, no, is it are on- Are tweaking? Are you on that molly? Where's the molly? <laughs> he could have played that so much more funny. Yeah, he really could have. But it is funny. It's just, it's not Jamie Kennedy v- v- like quality. He could have done it so much better. Yeah. Like way better. Jamie Kennedy's had some poor choices, obviously. But I think he's more capable of doing a better scene than this. But I'm not going to pick. It's funny. You know, like, I'm not trying to be like, don't kill me for fucking feeling that way. I just, you know, I figured he could have been playing a cop, could have thrown a little twang in there or something. You know, what you doing in there, boy? Beach patrol. Yeah. You know, I don't give a fuck. It should have been a little bit more silly. You know what I mean? Like, he, I, aren't beach patrols supposed to be like lifeguards, like Baywatch? Shit? I don't know. They're like police. Oh, it's a version of police. Oh, like beach security. Yeah, they're just trained on the beach. They don't go oh. off the beach. Okay. They might go up and down the road on the beach, but mostly it's... <gasps> like border patrol. Yeah, <laughs> they're vacation patrol. <laughs> vacation. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need. They don't need. They don't need. They don't need donuts. They eat picnic baskets. <laughs> oh. oh, look, there's a bunch of beach patrol guys sitting around a picnic basket. <laughs> anyway, Jamie Kennedy goes over, talks to him, is a real dick to him. Then he goes over and tells the girl to come down from the guard tower. And she's like, no, I'm not coming down. And he's like, drops his keys. And she's like, no, 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 don't put your hand down. And then he's like, what the fuck? Why can't I? And somehow uses the bears, the, the mace yeah, to spray the ground in it. And the tentacles like don't like it. It burns it. Right. So he actually is able to pull his hand. I would have jumped Dude, what to hand? that other fucking thing by that time. But well, he, he just, was... yeah, he falls to the ground and his arm comes off. I, I don't care if my arm was missing. I still would have jumped. Right. I would have spread it around my feet or wherever and yeah. fucking crawled on that goddamn fucking platform. The f- no, he had to die because I was sick of his jokes. Yeah. That's his, his arm was kind of funny and it, it lasted a little too long, if you ask me. Yeah. But he made all, he came all the way down from Malibu to do this fucking shoot. <laughs> I wonder if he's from Malibu. I don't even know. You know, like he lives in that part. Yeah, he might. From the bow. <laughs> the boo. The bow. Oh my God. Uh can't but you can't make movies like that anymore <laughs> no <laughs> that's way too fucking much uh that's probably why he's not he's done a lot of risky stuff like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. but he was in tremors and that's what kind of brought him back a little bit and oh. he, he's he's a little bit involved in everything he's kind of like a hollywood uh friend you know a lot of people like hang out with and do stuff with behind the scenes so mm-hmm. I, I don't mind jamie kennedy at all but i just didn't think he was that good in this so then they decide to jump off the fucking guard tower oh that oh that's what it was so they think oh he's got shoes so that's why he didn't get swallowed and eaten so fast right and the guy's like well i got flip-flops and she's <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me he's like i'll take beach towels and wrap them around it fucking ate through tires <laughs> He's like, I'm really fast, though. Fast. I'm going to be fucking good. And then he leans on the railing and, and falls. And fucking falls. That was funny. On his back. That was funny. And he dies in a fucking horrific way. Yeah. He just goes silent and blood starts coming out of his mouth and all the tentacles go through his head. And then his jaw starts to rip off and fall apart. And like, 
I was like, it's kind of cool, actually. Right. And then blood pulls up on the on the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too. It's like always pristine beach after. Oh, yeah. Like it can no suck sign. right through the sand. It needs that blood. No red sand whatsoever. Clean crime scene. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really good. I feel like it's missing out on a lot of the nutrients, you know. And do, does this creature, which we find out is, like, the size of this huge portion of the beach mm-hmm. where this party was at, it somehow goes under the ground and grows within hours mm-hmm. to the size of, like, half a baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they can't leave the thing, which I thought was kind of cool when they back up at the end. And all the girls, they go over... Yeah. After the guy dies and decide that they're going to fucking go to the patrol the, car. Right. We've got to get to that car. And they because, make it you know, over. there's no way we have keys or anything. Then so they I get woken know. up by the surfer dude. And the surfer dude's like, you girls need help. And uh, then he looks in the car after they get out and realizes it's safe now. And that the whole beach is recessed down like 15 feet. Yeah. And that's how big this creature was. Yeah. Yeah. And they see he looks inside the car and he's like, whoa, like his reaction's like, whoa, this guy's fucked up. Let's go. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> I'll just hey, leave him here. Did you want me to leave your fish man here? <laughs> he's got tentacles hanging out of his pants. And then I thought it was dumb that. They oh, act- go ahead. I'm go sorry. ahead. I thought it was funny at the end because then they show the big creature like floating towards Venice Beach. Right. Or the pier. You know what I mean? We forgot the entire fight scene between the tentacles, the blue light tentacles. Oh, and the... And the gasoline with Kaylee. Yeah, that was dumb. It is dumb, but I liked how it was just kind of beating on the car, and it was like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get you. I got tentacles now, bitch. Ooh, your vehicle's cold. It's too much. Too much. (laughs) Maybe it's not as strong at night, you know? Yeah, it could be. Maybe the warmth makes it, you know. It, it has to glow, so all of its energy goes towards trying to glow. I mean, she poured gasoline all over its tentacles, and it didn't kill it. Right. It just scared it. I was like, oh, I don't like this. I'm Bad, gonna hot, go, hot. I'm going to go. Where, why isn't there a sequel? Of the sand? This, yeah, this is sci-fi. This should, you know, there Maybe be there like, is, and we just don't know what it's called. Oh, yeah, that's true. They had to change the name because they can... Like... Yeah. Uh, the Sandman. Oh, no, that wouldn't work. Because Kaylee, Kaylee and Chandra live. Right. Yeah. And we don't know if the boyfriend lives. You see it. You, you see it. And you know what's crazy is that guess what pier it's it's going to. Is it that Blood Beach Pier? I think it's the Blood Beach Pier. Well, I don't know because a lot of those piers have those Ferris wheels It's a shit. Santa Monica Pier. But think about it. Ooh. So there's definitely some callbacks. There is some stuff to Blood Beach. And I think if we were to sit down with an actual writer of the script, the original writer of the script, yeah, we would know for sure like, influence. that there was influence from yeah. that. I still think the mic booms <laughs> are the influence. It's a giveaway. Well, I mean, the people getting eaten by sand, that's a, oh, well, you know. kind of a dead giveaway. The covers of the movies <laughs> that look almost identical. You know, right. I mean, that's pretty telling. Right. I, <laughs> I still think it's the microphone booms. It's the microphone booms. <laughs> I do think that. I mean, I honestly think that is like if they did it intentionally for that reason. It's awesome. It's genius. It really is. Um, Maybe this movie is more genius than I'm giving it credit. But guys, just because we give a movie a six or a five or 5.5 doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable. Mm hmm. It's just not going to fucking move mountains, you know, but I still think that you should watch both of these films. 
to see what you like because your interests and your taste might be completely different than mine. Mm-hmm. In fact, I count on your interests being different than mine. I am not a fucking tastemaker. I'm not here to be a tastemaker. I'm here to provide what I think of movies and to those who might like it. If you like campy fun, Blood Beach. Mm-hmm. If you like kind of on the nose, silly, so bad it's good, The Sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Blood Beach one is a little bit more serious than this one. Uh, I mean, a lot more serious. Like, it's treated like a fucking serious apocalyptic event in Blood mm-hmm. Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas The Sand, yeah, it's kind of a bunch of idiot kids get eaten alive. Come on. <laughs> Why would you want to see something like that? I mean, even if it is CGI, like, I, who cares? Right. You know, it's like even some of the Final Destination movies had a lot of CGI in them. Mm-hmm. And I still liked it because I like gore. Would I have right. liked to see practical more? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I still like the Final Destination movies just because they go there. They're fun. Right. They're fun. And that's kind of like The Sand, you know. The Sand is a fun movie that you should watch. But yeah, I think that's it for today. Uh, we do have some movies we're going to watch next week. I've been kind of tossing the idea around. I got a movie coming in the mail, end of the line from 1995. But I don't know if it's going to be here in time in order for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. And we always have to watch too. So we've been trying to get a jump start on it so I can get other work done. We'll see. You'll have to follow the socials. Yeah, just follow the socials. We'll let you know what's up next. We'll think about it. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Check out the socials. Let us know what you think of these movies. No one's wrong. No one's right. And and if you don't agree with me, you're definitely not right. Um, <laughs> no, but I would love to hear what you guys think of both of these movies. Let us know in the comment section down below. If you have any ideas for movies that you want us to see, please hit us up. We'll always uh, keep it in the back burner. If not, right away, if it appeases us. So let us know. And we're down. Okay, we like to do these things. Or if you want to buy us a movie, we have an Amazon wish list and there is a ton of stuff on there. If it's not on there, let me know. I'll put it on there and then we'll review it for you. Whether you want it on YouTube or on the podcast, we'll do it either way. But uh, thanks for coming by, guys. And as always, long live the void.